You're listening to the Ascension Roundtable Podcast, Episode 45, How to Reach Out to Those Suffering from Divorce. In the first part of today's show, we talk about how to start a ministry to the divorced at your parish, and then we discuss two helpful do's and don'ts that will help you to facilitate a divorce ministry group. In the second part of the show, Rose gives advice to youth ministers, catechists, and DREs about ministering to children and entire families who are affected by divorce. Welcome to the podcast. We are back today with Rose Sweet. Welcome, Rose. Good to be back, Marisa. Today we are talking about ministering to the divorced in a powerful way um, that is effective and holistic. And Rose has actually 25 years of ministry here to those who are separated, divorced, and remarried. Um, and we actually recorded an earlier episode called The Four Rules of Relationship. Um, and Ro- Rose, in that episode, shared some general um, some general guidelines and things that we can learn from Christ when it comes to relating to other people. So if you haven't heard that episode, we encourage you to go back and take a listen. Uh, but you can listen to this episode without having heard that as well. So um, don't go away. Listen to this one and then go back. Um, but Rose is going to share in this episode some of the top do's and don'ts that will help you to effectively reach the heart of those who are wounded by divorce um, and to also help the whole family. Um, because obviously we know that divorce is not just something that affects those who have been married and separated. It affects those um, those children and, and even beyond that, entire families. Um so, Rose, it's so good to have you here, and we're so grateful to have your expertise in this. I'm so thrilled that you are um, actively promoting this program in parishes, all not just the country, but around the world now. I, I hear this is in 16 countries. It is. So it's great because this is a definite need in the church. So thank you for addressing it. You're welcome. We are just grateful that um, we have been able to work with you. Rose is actually the author and presenter of our program, Surviving Divorce, Hope and Healing for the Catholic Family. Um, It actually has been recently revised and updated to include that help for the whole family. So if you haven't seen any of that new material, we encourage you to log on to ascensionpress.com. You can actually preview the new version of that program um, and see if it's something that would be helpful within your parish. Um, So Rose, before we start talking about do's and don'ts of ministering to those wounded by divorce, I want to kind of ask you this question that's been on my mind, um, and I've spoken with some others about it. But this question of of starting a divorce ministry in your parish, divorce is something that um, there's such a a stigma about it socially in general, but um, but also especially within the Catholic Church. And so how do you begin a divorce ministry and um, build it so that it actually reaches and attracts those who need it most? Marisa, a lot of the people who could benefit from this program aren't in the pews. Mm. Um, Maybe they haven't been to church for a long time or they stopped going to church. They just are confused. Maybe it's been a long time and they've been in church. But what you need to do, the best way is get your pastor on board. Have him announce from the pulpit, or not announce, but invite 
um, we know that divorce affects all of us in this church and in this parish. And it may have happened to you or your children or your friends, um, but there's help. And we have a new program starting. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how embarrassed or ashamed you are. Whatever questions you have, we're here for you. So please pick up a flyer and let everybody in your family and your neighborhood know. So it just can it can be that brief. Mm. But an invitation from Father does wonders. It's way better than a little ad in the bulletin on page eight that mm-hmm. says, new groups starting on Tuesday. You know, a lot of people don't even see that. Right. But when Father invites, it's like Jesus inviting us to heaven. That is, I love that analogy Mm -hmm. because he is the Christ figure, like you were saying earlier, and he's also a father figure. Um, And so that's, um, I could see how that would be really helpful. Once somebody starts getting this program up and off the ground, um, they may have experienced this in their own life and have that personal experience, or they may just um, have have a heart for this. You give in in the leader's guide for the surviving divorce program, you have 10 do's and don'ts um, to help people navigate these kind of tricky conversations and and this these tricky interactions. Um, Can you give us a few of those do's and don'ts? I will. But, you know, I'd like to address what you said uh, just a minute ago is that you don't have to have gone through divorce to run this program. You know, anger, guilt, grief, loneliness, fear, bitterness, unforgiveness, panic about the future. Don't we all experience that to some degree in our lives? So if you have a tender heart and, and you are faithful to the teachings of the church, you could be a good facilitator. We have people all over the country, deacons, deacons and their wives, even religious sisters and a few priests, never been married or divorced. Um, um, and uh, they do a wonderful job. Mm. So our leader guide is loaded with good stuff. I mean, if you sat down and read this, uh, you'd be like, trained almost to, you know, to get the group growing. And then I'm always available to help too. But let's talk about a couple of those do's and don'ts. I'm going to give you two do's. Number one, do resolve to share the truth. Mm. And that means when somebody comes to you in your group, the church has the fullness of, of the truth and the truth will set us free. Don't water down church teachings. Don't get into a big thing. Well, you don't really have to do that. No, full healing comes from the full truth. So understand that, know that, and make that resolve to, to do share the truth and let them know if they have any questions that they can go to our website or go to another reliable source and get the truth. Mm. And so some people might say, oh, no, but, but then they'll never come back. They'll feel like I just told them no and I shut them down. How do you? So, okay, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> no, guess what? Remember in the other podcast that we did, that's exactly what the rich young man did to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He walked away. He mm-hmm. didn't come back to the meeting. Yeah. And Jesus let him go, loving him the whole time and not losing his cool. Mm. So those are some of the things that we teach you uh, to be a facilitator. It's, mm. not, it's not rocket science. And it's usually stuff you already know, but you just have to be reminded. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in that other podcast, you talk about the importance of listening first, that yes, you speak the truth, but you do that after having listened with love <laughs> yeah. and with a sense of peace. Right. You don't invite it. Okay. This is our first night, everybody. You're all divorced. Now sit down. Here's what you did wrong. And here's what the church says you have to do now. <laughs> Which is funny that, you know, we laugh about it, but I'm sure that there are 
people out there who, who there have are. done that. There are. And the, you're right. The people don't come back. Yeah. So that's why we have the leader guide to help you do it right. Mm. That's so good. And what's number two? Number two, I would say, and this is kind of a a funny one, set and enforce healthy boundaries. Mm. You know, a lot of us have trouble with that in all our relationships because we don't like to make waves or have people not like us. But I know one of the examples we use is sometimes you'll get, and it's usually a man, sorry, uh, who will come into the group and he's not really into divorce healing. He's been divorced for a while and he wants a good Catholic woman. (laughs) (laughs) So he's fishing, right? And it makes the women in the group uncomfortable. Right. And you have to know how to, maybe at the end of that first meeting, pull him aside and say, look, buddy, I'm so glad you're here. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe this group isn't for you. Mm. So, you know, we can't get into all the nuances of that, um, but it's in our leader guide. But you have to be a leader. And that means protect the group. So we're there for you. Where is there? Have you ever seen divorce groups that are single sex? So um, divorce groups for women and divorce groups for men? Yes. And I totally am against those. Really? Okay. For a very important reason. I've done this so long. We need each other. Mm. Men and women need each other. And when you get a bunch of women together that are angry and hurt toward men, yeah. what's going to happen? It, the ugly things can come out of that. Yeah. And when there is at least one other man in the room, there's a natural check and an openness. They hear his story and his pain and his see his heart. Right. And there can be a softening of the women's hearts in that regard. Wow. Yeah. We, we really, really need each other. So don't separate the sexes. That's so that's so good because like, I mean, I, I've never been involved with this and I would think, oh, maybe maybe that would make the women feel safer. But I can see how it would make them feel almost given a um, a free pass to put down men as a whole because right. they've been so hurt. Right. And at, that's and very, vice versa. And it's understandable. It's mm-hmm. understandable. You know what? If you do need to get together with your girlfriends or your therapists and, you know, vent, great. But this group is not for that. Mm. This is for everybody to come and feel safe, including mm. the men, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Right. And and for the men to be able to feel vulnerable, too, I'm sure is that that's uh, um, that must be a, something that's difficult to create that environment. But if you do... I mean, what an amazing opportunity for healing. You know, the way this is set up, it's very natural. And um, and I've heard men say, you know what? I listened to you ladies for the last couple of weeks now. And I have to say, my wife has been telling me that for 30 years and I never listened. Wow. But I've listened to you and now I hear. Wow. But these miracles happen in these groups. Mm. I'm telling you, it's great stuff. So let's get into the don'ts. Okay. <laughs> okay. Don't assume too much personal responsibility for the people in your group. Again, we're helpers. We're ministers. We want to save and fix and love everybody and kiss their Mm boo-boos. But we're not responsible ultimately for what they do, what they have done or what they do in the future. We're just there to deliver the truth and to love them while we do it Mm. and to give them the freedom, as Jesus did, um, to choose the good, true, and the beautiful or not Mm. without condemnation. So don't, you're not, Jesus didn't tell you to save those people because he already did. Yeah. He says, just help me get the truth to them and love them. Mm. Okay. And your next one. Okay. So our next uh, don't is don't worry about an apparent lack of success. So you advertise in the bulletin. Father did the invitation from the pulpit. You've been to this big rah, rah, rah. And one person shows up the first night. What do you do? You're there for that one person. Mm. For all 12 weeks? Yes. This has happened before. And miracles again have come out of that. And I always say, remember this, Jesus said, feed my sheep, not count my sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. 
So there it is. Those are just a yeah. few of the do's and don'ts and some of the a lot of other good stuff that we have in our leader guide uh, for running this program. You won't be alone. And I, I always say, I'll pay you a hundred bucks mm -hmm. if you can find, if you have a question that we haven't already asked and answered in our leader guide. That is so good. I'm excited um, to come back from the break. We're going to take a quick break right now. But when we come back from the break, Rose, I'm going to, we didn't talk about this, but I'm going to ask you some questions about the family um, and helping families uh, heal. And then also kind of connected to that, talking about the holiday season and some of the difficult situations that can come up um, as we head into these holiday seasons now. So stay with us and we'll be right back. Hey. Have you benefited from listening to these conversations? If so, and whether you've been enjoying the show from the start or you just discovered us today, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review us on iTunes. If you're listening using the Apple Podcast app on your phone, you can do it right now. It takes less than a minute. And it'll help us get this podcast out there and support other good people such as yourselves who are strung out, burnt out, and looking for a lifeline. So if you're one of the many people that have told us that they wish they had found out about this podcast sooner, you can help change that and spread the word. So rate and review us today. Welcome back. We're here with Rose Sweet, who's the author and presenter of Surviving Divorce, Hope and Healing for the Catholic Family. And before the break, Rose shared several do's and don'ts when it comes to ministering to those who are divorced um, or suffering from divorce, whether it's them themselves or maybe they're... Um, a child of parents who have been divorced. And that's actually where I want to turn the conversation now. So many of our listeners work with children um, or they work with entire families. They might work with teens um, or younger children. And so their children are also suffering. And it's tough to navigate sometimes being in that ministerial position. You want to respect the parents, um, but you also want to minister to the child. What tips do you have uh, for those in those situations? This is a complex part of this ministry um, because we are complex people. But first, I would say don't try to even address divorce with children. Each situation and each family environment is so different. You can't possibly have the expertise and the knowledge to go there with a child without doing damage and overstepping boundaries. But you can do something general. The, the children of divorce usually begin to lose trust in adults. Mm. Because, you know, dad goes, I love you. I'll always love you. But then dad never shows up. You mm -hmm. don't see him for a year or whatever. Or he doesn't he doesn't remember your birthday. So then children are beginning to realize that life is a scary place and you can't trust adults. Um, and, and then they then they stop opening up sometimes. So one of the best things to do if you're working with children and divorce is just work on the trust issues. Let them know that they can trust you. Whatever you tell them, follow up. Mm -hmm. Um be attentive to them. You know, if mom or dad doesn't listen to them because they're so consumed with their own pain, you be the listener. And you don't have to fix their problems. Mm -hmm. First of all, we in ministry, we're not psychotherapists. Most of us are not spiritual directors. And this is why I love that other podcast that we did about the four rules of relationship. And the first one of those is listen. What a beautiful gift to give any child is just to sit and listen to them talk. You know, Marisa, let me ask you. So if you had a, a bad problem or a bad day and, and you and I went out to lunch and you just unloaded on me and all I did was listen, I didn't say one bit of advice. Would you feel better? Yes. <laughs> See? See? I wouldn't have to do anything. I don't yeah. have to fix you. 
I don't even have to know the details. I just have to be present to you and let you unload. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's the best thing that we can do for children of divorce is to let them know there are adults they can trust and adults who will listen to them. That is so good. And so um, sometimes counterintuitive, right? Because we want to be the ones to um, you know, speak to them about something that we might believe or we want to show them the, that marriage is beautiful and fix their vision of marriage. But they're not problems to be fixed. Again, they're, they're people to be loved and listened to. Right. And it's not, it's not our purpose to fix their vision of marriage. That's a lifelong process that mm -hmm. belongs primarily to their parents. And we, on the other end, in our weekly groups for the parents, will help them with that. And in our printed materials, too, we have questions and ways you can start talking to your children and, and, and making them feel safe to talk about the scary, hard things. Mm -hmm. Say you have blended families um, in your ministries. And you know, one week, um, dad and stepmom come to pick up a child or the teen, and, and another week, it's mom and stepdad. Um, what Are there any kind of tips that you can give again, youth ministers or um, people who are DREs in terms of relating with the parents in such a way that makes them comfortable um, and doesn't overstep boundaries or navigating the awkwardness that can arise? The awkwardness comes from you. If, you. if you're feeling awkward, that means that you think that you have to say something or do something, or if you don't, you'll be condoning whatever is going on. It's not your business. Let it go. Your business is to listen to them, be present to them, encourage them, love them, help them like just any other human person. We can't get into everybody's intimate lives and sort it out. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's very tempting. I mean, how many of us mothers want to get into our children's lives and like sort everything out? Mm -hmm. Hey, sometimes, you know, back off. And that's hard to do. We're, we're fixers. We're helpers. We're moms. We're dads. But that's part of the thing to learn that Jesus didn't get in there and micromanage everybody. Mm. He came and he was present and he delivered the truth and he encouraged people, but he gave him a lot of freedom, mm. a lot of freedom. I'm hearing you say this, you know, this idea of freedom over and over again. And um, it's such a good reminder. It's such a good reminder. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is. But it's the truth. Yeah. And so heading into this holiday season, um, I know we've touched on this general topic, but we're about to step into Thanksgiving and this podcast will be released actually after Thanksgiving. Um, but after Thanksgiving comes Christmas and New Year's and all of that. So what kind of um, advice do you have for those who are entering into this holiday season with a sense of trepidation because the family gatherings are maybe not always easy and happy or maybe there aren't family gatherings? So, well, yeah, it, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Not, you know, for a lot of families. Um, I, I, this, here's this interesting statistic as well. Some lawyers will say that their highest rate of people coming in to file for divorce is January mm. because nobody wants to go. They, they know if, you, if you're divorced, it ruins the, the holiday for everybody. Yeah. So I, on my website, rosesweet.com, on my blog, which is called Sweet Talk, I recently posted um, 10 tips to surviving the holidays for the separated and divorced. So you can go and download that for free. But if you're not, if you're ministering to them, go read those uh, and know that they're available and share them with somebody. Um, and mostly it says, give the person space to process their grief, their anger, their fear, their anxiety. Don't force happy Christmas on them and don't say, it's G it's Jesus' birthday. You need to put all your pain aside and just celebrate the Lord coming in the flesh, you know? Well, yes, of course. 
but how you're bleeding from the inside out. Yeah. So don't tell people to be all holy when they feel like killing somebody, you know? Um, and you have to be understanding of that as a natural process. Mm. Uh, their whole life just got turned upside down. Or maybe it was a couple of years ago and they still go into deep depression every Christmas. Um, you know, everybody's different. So don't judge, don't try to fix, just be present and, and then offer them help. Look, you're exhausted. Can I do your Christmas cards for you this year? Or you don't have to do Christmas cards this year. Or can I decorate your tree? Or I'll bring the cookies over mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And if the person, especially some people, they can't even do Christmas. Mm-hmm. They have to just stay home and sleep it, sleep it away. Wow. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. It's like maybe they're in a major car crash and, uh, you know, they're they're dying inside. Mm-hmm. Then the worst thing is after that comes New Year's and that midnight kiss and the mm-hmm. champagne. Mm-hmm. Nobody's there now. And then you think you're getting back on your feet and then comes Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. See? So it's it's very, very difficult. Um, but we're, I've been through this. I understand it. I know the best thing for people who are going through this, and it's not to fix their problems. It's just to be present first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like there's so much, um, you know, if you read Catholic blogs or Catholic news, people want to talk about this online and where it's safe and they don't have to interact with people. But that ministry of presence, that's where it seems like people all of a sudden disappear. And so it's so good to have that reminder that that's really what is important. Um to be that figure of Christ and to be listening and loving, um, like you right, spoke about. Right, right. No, I love that. And that's what Jesus did with everybody. He he listened to them. And he. I, we don't read in Scripture where he said, oh, Peter, you shouldn't feel that way. Come mm-hmm. on, get over it. You know, there there's no shame there and there's no performance anxiety. It's just, I'm here, I get it. But what you want to do is not good for you. So let me help you. Let yeah. me help you go higher. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. If you are interested in in finding out about these amazing resources that Rose has helped to develop, um, you can, again, find them at ascensionpress.com. And then you can also find all of this amazing writing by Rose at rosesweet.com. And I love the name of your blog, Sweet Talk. That's great. (laughs) It is. It is. Although sometimes it's not real sweet because I I do go into my rebuking mode every once in a while. (laughs) Everybody needs a good balance of the sweet and the... uh, and the Some tart. The, yeah, the tart, yeah. I guess. <laughs> exactly. Well, Rose, it's been so good to have you here. Yeah. I really enjoyed speaking with yeah, you. Yeah, me too, Marisa. I'm excited again to share this with our listeners because I know that so many of them, I mean, this touches everybody's life and whether that be specifically within the parish boundaries or just in terms of best friends or um, right. extended family. So um, such good stuff. And we'll have to have you back again, maybe speak about temperaments or. I'd love um, it. I'd yeah, love it. That would be fantastic. Well, God bless you and all you do in your ministry. And for our listeners, you can reach us at Ascension Roundtable at ascensionpress.com. If you have any success stories or any questions surrounding this topic, please write to us and we will um, share them on the show. It's so good to have this community of people who are serving the Lord and supporting each other. We are praying for you and we encourage you to pray for all of your fellow listeners. And until next time, as Alan says, peace. Peace.